Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 199 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am joined, of course, for the 199th time. It's our last time in the 100s, Dave. It's Dave Hogue, everybody. Uh, Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Good to be here. How are you? I'm okay. You know, it's a Tuesday night. We're doing our thing. So, yeah. Good to be here. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm on <clears throat> the tail, or I'm hopefully on the tail end of having COVID. So, <laughs> yes. That's a bummer. But overall, I'm good. I mean, you're podcasting, so hopefully you're. Yeah. <laughs> You're well enough to get through an episode. I believe so. Yeah. I think I think people listening right now should, wherever they are, whether it's at in public or in the car <laughs> or in private, just give you a quick little um, clap for for uh doing the podcast even though you were have the plague. Yeah. I'm proud of you, Dave. <laughs> well, thank you. I shouldn't make light of it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know how to move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, cuz it's like it's one thing to joke about it, right? But like Right. How many people have died from this thing? So, even though like I'm joking with you because you're well enough to be up and record, I still feel bad for joking about it cuz so many people have Yeah. You know. Oh, well, add it to the list of dumb things that I've done. <laughs> I shouldn't say dumb, just maybe not necessarily uh, tactful. <laughs> but here we are. It'll live on the internet forever. It's fine. Yep. <clears throat> Anyways, what are we talking about this week? Uh, we're going to finish off, or no, not finish off. We're going to continue in Hebrews 12 <laughs> with verse 12 uh, through 17. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for <laughs> peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it may become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears." All right. Well, this is an interesting mm-hmm. chunk, chunk <laughs> of verses. Yeah. So we're we're coming from obviously the right. verses before this where we're talking about, you know, endurance and discipline and how that's not fun and all of that stuff. You know, like verse eleven, for the moment all discipline seems painful. 
rather than pleasant, but later it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So that's where we're coming from. And so this is kind of like the the closing part to that thought, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Like, I know it's tough right now, but... Don't give up, I guess, essentially, right? <clears throat> yep. And I think what's I think what stands out to me the most <clears throat> is like starting in verse 14 onwards. Because like 12 and 13 is just like buck up soldier, you know. I know this is hard. Do what you can to strengthen and gather yourself, right? But then it switches to not being not not so much like focusing on on the on the pain or the endurance or the discipline or the hard times, but it's turning your focus on on God and the the holy life that God has called His followers to, um, and that to me is is the most interesting part of this um, this little section because uh, right now. Um, the the uh the Sunday night Bible study that we do at my church, um, we have we're doing the Sermon on the Mount this semester, which I'm very excited about. And I got to teach on the Beatitudes these past two Sundays. And that, right, the Beatitudes uh are the the holy life, the happy life that, that Jesus is calling his people to, right? And a lot of that being poor in spirit, being meek, mourning our sin. You know, thirsting for a hunger and thirsting for like, that's such a weird way to say it. Wanting to be righteous really, 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 really a lot. <laughs> um, and so as I read this, you know, the Beatitudes are coming flying back into my head as I see this idea of, um, you know, no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. Uh, don't be sexually immoral. Don't be unholy afterward you know whatever like there's just maybe it's just because it's fresh on my mind um but this this constant thread throughout the entire story of the bible for god's people to be holy and set apart and righteous i mean that goes back to the original covenant that god made with abraham i'm gonna set my people aside they're going to be different and apart and you know and the beatitudes is all about us living differently than the world and not because we're and it's not like we've talked about sin management or or behavior modification it's the transformation of a life and the spirit being excuse me bring being brought from um you know death to life through what jesus has accomplished in 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 how the spirit works in us and all that it's there's just this is just yet another tiny part of the Bible where that thread is being, you know, woven. And it's, you know, it's in Philippians. It's in, uh, like it's, I, I, uh, Colossians chapter three, Philippians two about, um, you know, Jesus being humble and all like, there's just lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of places where this thread is and it. You know, I guess I shouldn't be surprised when I see it pop up, but it's just, it's very front of mind for me, this idea that mm-hmm. we are to be holy like Jesus is. <clears throat> and that can lead to, you know, a whole lot of responses. But I think one of them 
should be that we see that we are not holy and um in that we don't feel guilt or shame because we know that God doesn't guilt us or shame us about that because he's already taken care of it. But there needs to be this concept of, of mourning for our sin or despairing over how just not decent and good I really am. And then letting that foster a deeper understanding of God's grace because the deeper I go into understanding how evil and gross and, and deathly my sin is, like we're ne- that's never going to outpace God's grace. And so the deeper I go into mourning and despairing over, you know, what I'm really like, the more I can then learn and appreciate and rejoice for how good God's grace is. So I'm not, I'm not living, I'm not wallowing in my sin. I'm going there and I'm despairing, but then I'm coming back, you know, and it's that same idea of Jesus had to die before he could, ascend and if we're called to be united with him in his death and united with him in his resurrection then we we've, we've got to experience what we are being saved from right we have mm-hmm. to acknowledge that and and if we don't you know the, the one of the things i read in in preparing for that was like if we have a superficial understanding of our sin then we have a superficial understanding of god's grace and therefore we just live a superficial life mm-hmm. and that sounds boring <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. I, I just, I feel like I just threw a whole bunch at you that may only slightly, <laughs> may only slightly relate to what this passage actually says, but that this sort of triggered all of that. So I'm sorry if it was totally off topic. No, you're not. You're good. Uh, Anyways. What do you what do you what do you think when you see this? <laughs> uh, so I you know I I'll I'll actually go back to verse twelve of <clears throat> um you know I just I it, it, we can have such a um such an all or nothing um mentality. Um, I think in life and across, across the board. And so, um, you know, like one of the things I think about in terms of, of disciplining is, uh, you know, just trying to eat better um, and being more intentional about not eating like garbage. And it's so interesting how instead of allowing like one act of getting myself off of being disciplined um, and I'm using disciplined in terms of, <laughs> making the effort to versus being punished. Um, but how, how getting off with just one thing you can, I'll say this is for me. Um, I'm not very good at going, I messed up once and then getting back on track. Mm. I'm very good at going, well, I blew it. And then the next thing you know, it's, it's multiple days worth of it or weeks of it or something like that. Like I'm not, uh, I'm not very good at one mess up and then being consistent in the other areas. And so, um, that's, I guess kind of what that verse 
spoke to me of just that sense of like, um, you know, just because this is where you're at, yeah, the, your strength is gone and, you know, the temptation of just kind of wallowing in that sort of, um, not being in a good place. And then, and then even in that of just, uh, it's, it's like we kind of do what is destructive versus doing what is healing. And so, I don't know, that was kind of, that was the first thing that, that just stood out to me, uh, in that of how quickly defeated, how easily defeated we can be by one act. And instead of kind of acknowledging that one act and moving on, it's very easy to kind of stay there. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think this is just calling us not to do that. And again, my thoughts, probably (laughs) nothing profound there. Um, I mean, I would disagree, but okay. And then, um, you know, the idea of striving for peace with everyone, um, that to me is just, I just don't see a lot of Christians doing that. Um, you know, I, I, by, and we've had these conversations before, you know, I think by my nature, I, I like to avoid conflict. <laughs> and so, um, I do that. Um, and I wouldn't say I strive for peace. I would say I like avoid conflict and <laughs> go where it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, just kind of, again, what would that really mean to strive for peace with everyone. And I think in striving for peace, you you kind of enter into that conflict, but you, um, you have a conversation, you ask for clarification, you seek understanding, you ask for forgiveness, uh, you apologize. You know, there's the idea of striving for peace. There's a lot of work there. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, uh, countries have, have peace talks, and um, there's like days on end of peace talks that they may even revisit weeks, months, years later before anything is accomplished. And sometimes they, you know, they just fall apart completely and nothing happens. And um, and then striving for holiness again, um, you know, it, there's not this kind of comment of holiness is something nice that we should strive for, but kind of this definitive statement of, you know, without it, you will not see the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think these first three verses for me, um, and I can't remember exactly how you said it, but I was, I was going to dive back into what you said. Um, there, there is just that element of, um, there has to be effort. There has to be, you know, and, Personally, and from what I've seen, I just feel like Christians are, we, we are, it's very easy for us to sort of take the path of least resistance and not really engage the way we should. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah. And that actually reminds me of something I read in a book last night. So I'm going to go get that. Give me just a second. So the book is called Deeper by mm. Dane Ortland, same guy that I talked about another book of his called Gentle and Lily. So it's called Deeper Real Change for Real Sinners. 
And there's this little section from the third chapter. Um, and it says, and he, he says in the, in the uh, footnote, I picked up this fourfold taxonomy from Jerry Bridges at some point, though I don't remember where. So he's giving credit to Jerry Bridges, who's another author, but he's like, I don't remember where I heard it from. <laughs> Which I just think it's funny. Like I'm going to, I need to give him credit cause it's, it's his idea, but I don't remember where, which cause usually like the footnotes are like quoted in Ernest F. Kevin, the grace of law study in Puritan theology, Grand Rapids, Michigan, like the date, the year, the page number, you know, all that. And he's just like, it's Jerry's idea. I think <laughs> it just cracks me up anyways. So it says there are basically four different ways Christians understand growth. The first three are more or less common in different parts of the church. The fourth is what the Bible gives us. And so it's God, then me, God, not me, God plus me or God in me. And so this is what, what triggered is that, you know, the whole like effort bit or not doing stuff or whatever. So the God, then me mindset first believes it is God who does everything to save me. Then it's up to me to get busy serving him, showing him how grateful I am for all he's done. Faith gets me in. Then effort is what moves me along. Um, and then the second one, God, not me is the idea here is that God saves me. And then the Christian life is a matter of God and only God bringing any growth in my life. It's the let go and let God approach. Like I'm in, so I'm just going to chill. If any growth happens, it's because God wants it to, and I'm not going to put any effort in. Then the third one is God plus me. And the, the idea here is like, there's a circle that represents my, my life. And there's a little squiggly line down the middle and one half is God and one half is me. And we're both kind of just doing our own thing. And then the final one, God in me, which he says is what the Bible tells us is that God does everything to save me. He unites me spiritually with his son. Um, and the result is that our growth in holiness, and he quotes uh, Jonathan Edwards here, we are not merely passive in it, nor yet does God do some and we do the rest, but God does all and we do all. We are in different respects, holy passive and holy active. This approach, in other words, holds together both human responsibility and divine sovereignty in how we move forward spiritually. Which I thought was a pretty succinct way of looking at how a lot of people live their lives. They're either trying to earn the spot they already have, which shows that they don't understand what grace really is. They're not doing anything to advance spiritually, which means they don't understand what the Bible's telling them. They think it's sort of half God, half them, which is not great. And then what he's saying the Bible teaches us is that it's, it's fully God and fully us at the same time working together towards our, our growth, right? And, um, so yeah, so this, this strive for peace, for holiness, right. And then without which no one will see the Lord. And, and to your point, there's like, Jesus is in heaven right now, interceding for us. He's at work trying to help us grow in holiness and righteousness in purity, Right we need to put the effort into our own growth as well. So then this next verse, right? See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. I mean, that's pretty simple. <laughs> I mean, right. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. 
make sure everybody knows what's going on. And not only knows it, but realizes the truth and comes to believe. So there's your uh, great commission right there. Go to all the nations, tell all the people. That no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Right? So we're talking about unity in the body and not letting bitterness or evil, right, cause trouble. That no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected and he found no chance to repent though he sought it with tears. that This feels like a weird pull. No one's sexually immoral, or now let's talk about Esau. <laughs> like, I don't, I, don't, I don't get that one so much. <clears throat> I mean, like, I get it. Don't, don't be like Esau, but... The juxtaposition with the sexually immoral part is what confuses me. Unless I'm missing something from that story that I'm completely whiffing on, but I don't think so. He was just really hungry and made a <laughs> and made a made a hangry choice. Well, and I mean I don't know that I've ever read that b- verse and thought of Esau as the one who did something bad. Oh, he did something stupid. He did something but stupid, I, but I'd never think of him doing something unholy, but uh, Jacob mm-hmm. is the one that kind of... Oh, con- yeah, totally. Took advantage of him, yeah. You know, so that's... Took him to the like, cleaners, for sure, yeah. So that's, I, 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 I don't know. I just, I, that is, and I, 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 no answer for it because truly I would not have put Esau as the one who did something unholy in that whole situation. And I don't know those verses well enough, mm-hmm. but just sitting here thinking about it, I'm just like, and I, and I know there are references to him and, and, selling his birthright. So, uh, and I know there's a greater parallel to the Hebrew people mm-hmm. too. So, um, but yeah, I just, it just never equating that to being unholy is foreign to me. <laughs> and even now, as we're saying it, it still does not just like, I'm not just like, Oh yeah, that was, you know, and how often do we talk about that? We talk about being unholy or, or, or even being holy. And that's not what pops into my mind. You know, I don't make the connection of, well, Esau giving up his birthright for lunch. Ah, that's unholy. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, I guess perhaps it was because or the, the idea here is right. He was given something by God and then Mm -hmm. just willy nilly. He was like, just got rid of it. Didn't perhaps treat it with the, um, respect, uh, it was deserving of. Um, the other thought I have here is like, as 
you know, followers of Jesus as, you know, adopted sons and daughters, we now have a birthright too. And that birthright is eternal life <laughs> in heaven and our sins forgiven, you know, being made right with God. And, you know, we're, we're called here, right. To, to be peacemakers, to, to be holy, to, to make sure that other people obtain the grace of God. And that if we engage in, you know, div- divisiveness and sexual immorality and unholy things, then we could be seen as forsaking our birthright. Now that gets us into the whole, well, is it once saved, always saved, you know, and we don't have to have that discussion tonight. Um, cause I am so not prepared for it, but it, it, it could be reminiscent of that same deal of like, look, you know what you have. Don't squander it on this meaningless stuff that you think is going to fulfill you. Like that meal, he was so hungry, he had to have it right there. And then guess what? He was hungry for dinner six hours later, I guarantee it. Yeah. And and so I'm wondering if, if the parallel is something like that of of don't trade what is given by God for something that is made by man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to ask. You know what's going to be fun when we get to heaven? Do you think we'll get to find out who wrote Hebrews? <laughs> I think we'll find out a whole bunch of stuff. Like, is there going to be a whole, like, mystery-solved section of the heaven library where it's like, all right, who wrote Hebrews? Great. Was there a second shooter on the grassy knoll? Yes or no? Like, I want to know all this stuff. <laughs> where did COVID really come from? Did we get to find out all this stuff? I don't know. They probably won't care. I mean, potentially, like there might be some other more important, you know, things to do in heaven than that. But it would be kind of fun if there was like a game show, you know, and like it was just like, what, what, what's the next mystery that's going to be revealed? I don't know. I don't. You think there are game shows in heaven, Dave? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Probably not in the traditional sense, but. <laughs> I love the fact that you entertained me enough just to consider that and not just toss it aside as a really stupid question. So, I, I just, I, I, sometimes, I guess I'll put it this way. I think life is going to be more like what we experience day in and day out than I think we make heaven this mysterious. And I think we're still going to do a lot of the things that we do here on earth. So that'll be my short answer. Do I have to go to work in heaven? <laughs> I want to, I want to be retired. I think you'll have, I think you'll have purpose in heaven. Oh, for sure. And so, yeah. All right. Well, that was a fun little side tangent there. Yeah. Is there so anything I, else to? No, I just, I, I honestly think I'm going to go back and read <laughs> a big chunk of Genesis over the next week. Um, you have to report back. We'll do follow up for next episode. Oh, right. no, wait. Next episode is episode 200. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a game show for next episode, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. I don't know why I'm hooked on game shows. Oh my gosh. Okay, I know. Do we have anything else serious to talk about? Or can I take us on a really odd tangent to end the show? 
That'd be I'd be okay with that. Yes. Okay. I just don't want to derail it if you still have. Not that, not that we haven't already. <laughs> well, no, but we could. Like, where I'm going, I don't know how we get back to talking about the scripture. So before we like uh, left the highway me. for good, I wanted to make sure. We, um, I don't, and I don't remember if I've talked to you about this yet. So if I have, forgive me. Okay. Have you seen uh, Jimmy Fallon's music game show? Like that's my jam or whatever it's called. I have not seen it. It is a absolute hoot. It's like, you know, like all the dumb games he does on the tonight show. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but like through the roof full That's set. It, it's got a, it, it's got the thing called a, the doom box instead of the a boom box. And it's like legit, probably 40 feet wide and like 20, 25 feet tall, fully lights up has a, the doom box, you know, and then it opens up for the, and it's just like all these crazy games with actors and musicians about music. And they like sing karaoke and do like all these crazy, like trivia games. And it is hysterical. I highly recommend watching an episode or two. Uh, yeah, I will do. If that. you just, if you just need to like, it would have been great COVID TV for you, Dave. <laughs> just like, I feel like terrible. I don't want to do anything. Let me just stare at a television while my, you know. Yeah. But alas, even Kennedy thought it was funny. So. Well, he he I'm guessing he laughs through the whole thing. Oh, and there was one thing then, where like he dressed up like a 1980s, like David Bowie esque and he talk a bit <laughs> like this. He's asking trivia questions. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And he's dying the whole time. It's he just super has good. So much fun. That's yeah. It. There's there's so the, the end of the game is called uh, slay it, don't spray it, and they're in like these old school like 1950s looking recording studios that are inside the doom box, but there's water cannons built into the microphones, and so <laughs> they have to sing along with the song, and then when the song stops, one of the teams has to finish the lyric, and if they get it wrong, they just get annihilated in the face with water. <laughs> and there's like GoPros in there, so you get like like up close, oh. and um. I haven't watched the episode yet, um, but I saw the commercial for it. It's uh, Anthony Anderson and um, I think it's T-Pain. I don't remember who it is. I forget. But the one of the songs they're doing is like an Elton John song. And and T-Pain goes, man, we are way too black to know the lyrics to that song. (laughs) And Jimmy like falls on the ground and just starts laughing. Like, I actually think I saw the commercial for that. Oh, it's it's so good, man. It's so good. Anyways, that's been uh, this week's recommendation in in dumb TV shows. There you go. But anyways, not really sure. Oh, game shows. That's how we got there. Yeah. (laughs) My brain can't let stuff go, apparently. Anyways, uh, David, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, No, I think that's it. All right. Well, this has been episode 199 of the Masterclass. You can go to supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 199 to get the show notes with links to the good stuff. Uh, or if you're listening on uh, in a, been inside of a podcast app, the notes will be there for you. Uh, links to, you know, uh, say hi if you want. And we will be back next time for drum roll, please, Dave. <laughs> How do I do a drum roll? I don't have a little machine like you do. I don't have a drum roll, but I have a rim shot. <laughs> rim shot. That'll work. <laughs> Episode 200.
is what we'll be back with next time. I don't know what we're going to do for it, um, but we'll figure out something. And uh, yeah, until then, farewell. Bye.